Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. And at the Working Fans Podcast, this is just a podcast that three lifelong fans created to have a place to talk comedy and pro wrestling. Now, our comedy podcast releases every Tuesday, while our wrestling podcast releases every Thursday. We release bonus episodes under the moniker Working Fans Presents every now and then. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, any major podcast provider. The important thing is just please like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to us. Now, we have started a new thing. We are now on Amazon and Audible. So those episodes release every Monday. And that's kind of going through the archives and just releasing our old episodes in a new area. So if you want to live through the process with us again, take that journey with us again. You can find us over on Amazon and Audible. If you can't get enough of us in the audio form, check out our YouTube. It's youtube.com slash C slash Working Fans Wrestling Pod, or just search Working Fans Podcast on YouTube. We have the whole archive is up there. And if you listen to the Working Fans Podcast, you are more than familiar with the 531. That is our signature segment where we take your top five list on a particular subject, vote it down to a top three, and then debate it down to a top one. If you want to hear three guys talk shit about comedy, wrestling, life, anything, you will enjoy the Working Fans Podcast. Find us on Twitter, that's at fansworking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have. That's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82designs, 482designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82designs, at F-O-U-R, 82designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast coming at you with the Combat Cast, Episode 5. Man called Dave. Man called Chevy. We're going to talk some top five MMA heavyweights today. And Chevy, I got some interesting lists here. You know how this goes, the 531. We've done it before on other uh, podcasts. We do like, we start off on the top five, narrow it down to three, and then we narrow it down to one. And although Carney Lasada could not be here this week, 
He did send me a list. Ah, so, yes. So let's My see. Man. He's got it. He's got it. There's going to be some interesting lists too here, by the way, but Carney's got a solid list. So he's got Fedor, which hard to argue there, right? One of the greats. I'm sure he'll come up with a few lists here. Stipe, another guy that's probably going to be on the list. Kane, DC, and he also has Big Nog. You know, I think, I feel like, I mean, I hadn't really refreshed this list yet. I People sent it to me. I screenshot it. So I'm, I feel like Fedor, Sipe, and Kane are going to be like a consistent top three on a lot of these lists. I would imagine, yeah. I think so, too. What do you think about Big Nog? So when I was thinking about my list, I a lot of the big-time heavyweights were uh, before my time watching MMA. So I haven't seen a lot of Big Nog fights. But I would imagine he's probably on a, a few people's lists. Based on his resume. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll go from that list. And I'm going to give you a special list right now. This from a, a guy, uh, we know him, the man called Cran. Uh, oh. he's, he's got an interesting list here. I'm sure it's interesting. <laughs> uh, now, he took the heart. I, I told him, you know, give me your favorite. I, I told him, I asked Cran, I said, just give me your favorite MMA heavyweights. And so he said he went with, you know, this is his top five. This is Cran's top five, folks. I feel like this should be a segment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's got Daniel Cormier. So that's a stop one. That's good. Mark Hunt, Junior Dos Santos, Sola Pele, who has had a few fights, and Cran basically remembers he fought Nakuda Krylov at heavyweight. Krylov was a heavyweight, and he knocked him out in a match that we watched. It was basically blurry because we were having problems with the weather that day, Classic. and he couldn't tell who they were. And then the next time we saw this guy, he knocked somebody out and he started singing and Cran just fell in love with this guy. So for those who don't know, so he's also, I think, called the Hulk or something like that, too. So Sole, the Hulk, Pele. And then Fabio Mananando, who's most famous, he, he fights at light heavyweight. He's known for hanging on the fence and he does like this kind of motion where he's swinging, like invites people. He's a good counterpuncher. <laughs> And Cran loves this guy. <laughs> and actually, he's fought at heavyweight. He fought Fedor and basically embarrassed. Like, he beat up Fedor for five rounds in his Russian promotion. And the Russian promotion, of course, did what a lot of crooked promotions do. And they gave the fight to Fedor. Your winner, Fedor. Mil- Mil- <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, the commentary was horrible. So this is an interesting list. Why don't we just ignore the last two? <laughs> I've never heard of either one of those people. I, and I, I wouldn't expect anything less from Cramp. Yes. So why don't we ask about Mark Hunt? What are your thoughts on Mark Hunt? I love Mark Hunt. So if we're picking favorite heavyweights, he would definitely be top of my list. But he has a salty, salty record. He's like 14 and 13 or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. He's a lot of fun and very interesting guy. But uh, I don't know if I'd put him on on the top list for best of all time. No, not for MMA. But, you know, if we change this list to maybe top five, combat heavyweights and you take all that k1 kickboxing stuff i'm not mm-hmm. saying he makes it then but he probably looks a little better on your list like if you're looking at top 10 combat heavyweights right on somebody who could yeah because we're talking about a guy who really was mostly a kickboxer for his career and then had this mma resurgence where he basically you know he had a few fights in pride mm-hmm. ufc had to take his contract and they couldn't cut him 
And then they were going to get rid of him. He begged him to stay, basically, I think. And then he basically went on a tear for a little while, knocking people out, had these great walkaway knockouts. And up until he got a little older. Yeah. just The best at the, the knockout and walkaway. Thousand percent. Big fan of him. Now, Jesse from New Hampshire, who gives me a lot of wrestling and comedy lists. I don't know how many MMA lists, but he was able to give me heavyweights. So he's got Brock Lesnar, again, wrestling fan, right? <laughs> Frank Mir, Kimbo Slice, Big Nog. <laughs> and this is the phone. Big country Roy Nelson. That was um, all over the place. All right. I like it. Yeah. I mean, all right. So since we'll take a couple of the more ones we're not going to see. All right. Lesnar, Kimbo Slice, and Roy Nelson are probably people who might not see on people's list. Now, in the case of Lesnar, he was at least a heavyweight champion. Uh, you're not going to say that about Slice and Big Country, especially Slice. What are your thoughts on this? Give me those three guys in particular. <laughs> They're all super exciting for sure. Big personalities. Skills wise, probably not at the top for me, but mm-hmm. Lesnar, obviously, like you said, was world champion in the UFC. So all the respect to him, you know, RIP Kimbo. But yeah, big country, always been a big fan of big country. Yeah, charismatic, likes to rub the belly, good knockout power, iron, black, iron chin. Black, uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu refuses to use it, so yeah, respect. <laughs> Apparently, Kung Fu Master, too, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, um, Lesnar, to me, we'll take him for a second. He's a guy that I just feel like MMA passed him by. Like, he got in, he was able to get the right fights, he capitalized on that, and he had a lot of power, great wrestling background, probably wasn't a lot of drug testing going on back in those days, <laughs> but... but a bad motherfucker, nonetheless. Like, I, you know, I'm not taking it away from him. But, you know, he doesn't rank in my top five heavyweights in MMA for that reason. Top five attractions in MMA? There's an argument to be made there. You know, Connor, just off the top of my head, Connor, GSP, Ronda, maybe Silver and Brock might be, you know what I mean? Like, it's up there. The I put brothers. him up there, yeah. Yeah. So, and Kimbo, YouTube guy, very exciting, big personality on the Ultimate Fighter. And... Honestly, in a way, kind of an overachiever. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's still got fame going on past his life. And, you know, you still see him on video games and shit. So, mm-hmm. he had a good story, too, you know, coming from yeah. backyards and everything. So, absolutely. Now, Randy Osga's got a list here, and Randy's going to give us a little more on the skill side, I think, here. We got Steve Amiochek, Kane Velasquez, Josh Barnett, Randy Couture. And then Fedor rounds up his top five. So, again, we're going to see the usual suspects I was expecting to see. Kane, Stipe, and Fedor. But with a little interest on this list, we got Barnett and Randy Couture. What are your thoughts on those guys? Barnett is super exciting. If he had come a little later on, I think he he might have been even better up near the top of more lists. But still super exciting. I know right now he's trying to get that fight with Fedor for Fedor's last fight, which I'd like to see that. Yeah, uh, I was wondering if we'd see him on a lot of people's lists or not. What do you think about, side note here, what do we think about Hager versus uh, Fedor? (laughs) So, I can't remember where I heard it, but someone brought up for Fedor, that'd be great for him for his last fight. It's a fight he definitely should win. Big name. Josh Barnett is a much tougher fight. So, I mean, for Fedor, that'd be great. But for the fans, I'd like to see, you know, personally, I'd like to see Josh Barnett oh, get yeah. his shot at him. But Yeah, and I mean, I know why Hager wants to fight. It's a big name. Right. And even though he's probably going to be an underdog, he's fighting a guy on the 
downslide. So it's a Absolutely. big, bigger opportunity with less risk against going against a guy like Barnett or somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess it's safe to say I favor Fedor, but I favor Barnett over all of them. Right. So, yeah, it's so I get where Hager's coming from and he's trying to take a shot. But yeah, if you're going to go like who deserves it, it's probably Barnett. And honestly, this is MMA. It's not pro wrestling. And Hager, although has a little bit of a name, I don't think his name is any bigger than Barnett. So I think Barnett is the bigger fight. And if I was Bellator, I think that's the one I would try to get. But who knows? You never know how these things are going to play out. But Randy Couture, any thoughts on him? He was a little before your time watching this. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've seen a Randy Couture fight. That's I know it's like blasphemy to some people. Um, <laughs> I hear, he, you know, he's excellent, one of the best of all time, but haven't witnessed it personally. Yeah, he's before your time. And I've, Randy was, when I started watching him, he was towards the end of his MMA career. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone back and watched him fights here and there. Very skilled, but a different time period, you know? Right. And wasn't overly dominant in the heavyweight division. I think his greatest run was light heavyweight division, but he was so skilled, and the heavyweights weren't quite at the skill level yet, and he was able to capitalize on that. But then mm-hmm. when you had a young Brock Lesnar in there whose skills might not have been up to test still, but was so much bigger and so much stronger, and Randy wasn't going to be able to stop that double-A takedown. No. Then, yeah. All right, Dan Backley, front of the show, he uh, came up with some lists. Also, Dan Backley from... Cage my Hugh, check that out. He's got Big Nog, Kane Velasquez, Stipe Miocek, Randy Couture, and Daniel Cormier. So no new names really on that list. I am just going to simply ask you, what are your thoughts on Daniel Cormier? I love DC. He may be one of my favorite fighters of all time. It's funny that he's on these lists because he's so undersized for a heavyweight, but he was so prolific at heavyweight. Mm. You know, if it hadn't been for Kane and DC fought his entire career at heavyweight instead of light heavyweight, I wonder if he would, you know, be guaranteed at the top of everyone's list. Yeah, and even a, a couple of fights, if that Stipe trilogy had gone his way, and then maybe he stuck around to fight Francis too, and, you know, he had definitely a good style matchup for Francis. Yeah, so, I mean, he's definitely, he was so close on the cusp of possibly considered the greatest heavyweight of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you're right. I think he, you know, I don't want to say wasted, but you can say wasted some of those years because he did it for his teammate and his friend, who he right. thought was getting him better, right? Classic um, DC. Yeah, classic Great DC. fighter, better person, yeah. Better person, yeah. I know some people give him shit because he was a trash talker here and there, but behind the scenes, DC was Fuck always been people. a Yeah, DC's always been a great guy. I mean, maybe him and Jones didn't get along, but... I don't think we've seen evidence that John Jones was the classier guy. I think John has even said one of the nicest things I think John ever did say was one time I think he did say was that he hopes to be more like a man like DC is in his personal life at one point. And I think John might eventually fuck that up and said some nasty shit anyway again. But yeah, yeah. But all right, I'm gonna give you my list. So I got Fedor. I didn't watch a ton of Fader. I have watched him fights, but to me, it's like he was undefeated for so long. I feel like he has to be on the list. I got Stipe, most successful title defenses. He did it in the modern era. Very skilled. To me, Stipe is the GOAT. Kane Velasquez. Kane, man, if you didn't have all these injuries, I think, just like we're talking Stipe, like we're probably talking about Kane. He looks so dominant against everybody. And... You look like JDS, who was like the next best heavyweight at that time. Other than JDS catching and clipping Cormier, I mean, uh, clipping Kane in the first fight, 
Kane went on to dominate him in the most dominant way possible. Like he dominated every round and then finally finished him in either round four or five. And it was like there was no competition there. Like he slowed down Dos Santos and he took years off his career. And then I had to finish it off with Cormier because, again, I think a couple of these fights go his way. DC's in discussion of greatest heavyweights of all time. He was that close. And then uh, last but not least, I kind of went back to the pride days. And I looked at another guy who was super dominant and was still fighting up until a few years ago and getting wins once in a while. Mirko Krokop. Super exciting. I believe it's a left foot hospital, right foot morgue. And to me, it's like, just go back and watch some of this stuff that this guy did. He was just electrifying. And when you look at his kickboxing credential, he's another one probably we're talking about greatest combat heavyweights of all time. But as far as MMA, he still made my top five. So any thoughts on Krokop and then your own list, sir? Krokop is great. He's super scary. Mm. Uh, remember he had that, uh, what was that stare down he had with uh, Wanderlei? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, geez, someone's going to like literally die in this fight. That, that was great. Yeah, I love Krokop. It's uh, interesting to hear you talk about Kane. I, he's on my list also, but you may have, you know, you may have raised him up a little bit for mm. me. I didn't see him fight that much either, so he's... he's you know, towards the end of his career, he was injured the whole time. Basically, mm-hmm. that I've been watching. So, um, I'll give you my list though. So, the top of my list is DC for the same reason I I said before. If he had fought his entire career at heavyweight, I would I think he'd be the best of all time. You know, he got clipped by Stipe, and also he <clears throat> fought really dumb in the first loss to him, and he was you know just taking all those body shots, but. It is what it is. Stipe is number two on my list for the same reason you said, you know, his title defenses in the modern era. Obviously, heavyweights especially have more skill now than they did back in the day. Fedor, number three. The only reason I don't have him higher is because, I mean, although he has a great record, I'm sure he fought a lot of cans on his way to that record. Mm. So. And, you know, unfair Russian decisions in his favor, such thing. <laughs> so uh, then I have Kane, which we already talked about, and then I have Verdum, which I mm. didn't have. Uh, didn't hear as much Verdum on the list um, list as I thought I would. You know, super dangerous, best jujitsu heavyweight probably. The Nog brothers I hear were also very good, but um, and I was thinking about putting Overeem on the list too. So Same. honestly. His, his record's not very good, and that's kind of what threw me off. But when people are allowed to do as many steroids as they wanted and he was Ubereem, he was terrifying. So Yeah, I almost had him, too. I was just thinking the same thing. And he had the Strikeforce belt. Mm-hmm. He had titles in Japan. Dream. Was, yeah, yeah like K-1. And I was like, oh, man, this guy was so dominant. But when I just started thinking of edging out the top list and the consistency, I thought a little bit towards his end he got knocked out a little too much. But it was close. I could definitely saw. I wouldn't argue like someone said he's top five. I just from my list, I just slightly not there. He'd be in my top ten. And Radum was another guy I thought about maybe making the list too. Cause again, here's the guy that gave Fedor his first loss after like a decade, too. He's the one that pulled it out of nowhere. And then did the same mm-hmm. thing, I think the Bigfoot Silva, too, who was on a massive role at the time. So and besides the strike force, he's also been UFC heavyweight champion. He was always in the mix and pride. So, yeah, I can see those guys. Now, when I look at his list, I think we're seeing 
Stipe, Kane, Fedor, and Cormier are the names that I think were on most of these lists. We got to bounce somebody out of that to get our top three. Um, I think people are going to be mad at us. Yeah, but no I think I got to be on the same page. I I think you made a kind of a good point when we look at some of these decisions and some of the time period. Like, ah, whatever, man. I think I'm going to bounce Fedor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fedor fought a lot of people. You know, most of his impressive wins were back in the day. I feel like. Yeah, I don't think we evolved, and although you got to look at it from the time period. I just think we start looking at the best. Man, if you can match these guys up like in their primes, I don't think Fedor takes Steve A. Kane or DC. I mean, I think he takes a lot of people. I just think mm-hmm. this this top three, and I think we're agreeing this is at least the top three, is just like the best. And and that being said, like the next now we gotta boot one of these other guys. And to me, it's like, okay, Steve A and Kane never fought, right? But DC and Stipe have. And whether DC could have won it or not, he didn't at the end of the day. So I kind of am leaning towards Stipe. But like almost like I almost feel like I'm, I'm kind of tickled on our hand here. Stipe is probably going to be number one. But between between Kane and DC, like who do you think? Like Kane had the injury, so I don't know. Well, you know, DC himself said that Kane was the best heavyweight of all time. So. If you know he's in him in there with the gym, in the gym fighting him every day, I guess we got to go with what DC says. So, well, if that's the case, then fine. I have no problem with that. We'll make Kane number two, though. I think because at the end of the day, Stipe got the job done and got the results done, and I love them all, especially DC and Stipe. Uh, nothing against Kane. I just really, you know, became big fans of Stipe and DC over the last couple of years especially and yeah i think at the end of the day like to me stipe has the proven track record um and honestly he makes a few adjustments he gets back in there would it be shocking to see him beat francis nugano end up being heavyweight champion one more time definitely not no 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 and as for francis god if we do this list a couple years down the road he might be there because he's knocked out stipe he's knocked out kane and he's knocked out Dos Santos, and he's knocked out a lot of great quality heavyweights really fast, and Overeem too. And I mean, he's just got life-changing power. <laughs> but also, he just started wrestling. He was working with Usman, and he wrestled Stipe, who, in his own right, is a great wrestler. Right. So, right. you know, if he can get a, even a little bit better at that to just stop any takedowns, who beats him at that point? Oh no. Yeah, you're going to need somebody new to come on the scene. Right mm-hmm. now, I haven't seen anybody in this crop that could be a great cardio wrestling Nugano who has the power that Francis has. No. It, it's one scary. one touch KO power. Yeah, and a wrestler and great cardio. At that point, yeah, we're <laughs> we're looking at every, At that point, I'm wondering if we continue his boxing skills and see him in this like, you know, like he could be the greatest combat. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that much because you know he'll get knocked out in his next fight by right. Beast or something. Heavy, but, it's heavyweight, so yeah. yeah, anything could happen. But yeah, he's got definitely potential. All right, before we get out, uh, big fight this weekend. Yes, not going to really go in the card, but I'm going to go in the main event. Sanhagen, Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. We talked about this a little bit on the last episode. I want to bring up some stats here a little bit. Sanhagen is a two-time performance of tonight bonus. Performance of the night, one-time fight of the night bonus. He's got notable wins over Rui Akanta. 
I'm trying to say that right. Rafael Sankal, his last two fights, Marlon Morales, I think it was a spin real kick in round two. Then he finished him off and got a performance of the night, and then he followed that up with a flying knee against Frankie Edgar in round one. Another performance moment. Yeah, RIP Frankie, we love you. But he did those two wins back-to-back after his first loss in the UFC being submitted by Aljamain Sterling. Guys, I mean, we don't know what TJ we're getting here, right? TJ's got a lot of great wins. He's a two-time Bantamweight champion. He's one of the best. And But you take into consideration, okay, yeah, we don't know how much you know drugs TJ was using. That's the big storyline almost of this fight, right? Like, was TJ using what kind of – but let's just assume – let's take him for at his word that he wasn't for a minute. Let's just say it was that one fight – and he looked horrible because he sucked so much weight. There's another problem. TJ hasn't been active in the last few years. And we talked about this before. Time passes you by. Look at Sanhagen. He's so young in his career. He had that first loss, and he's bounced back with two incredible victories. He's not even in his prime yet. No. Yeah. He's getting better and better size-wise. He's kind of lanky, too. He's got that height and reach and... He can move. He's, I mean, he's good everywhere. I really feel like, I don't know, this is a tough fight for TJ to come back. TJ's got some of the best footwork ever in MMA when you look at that. And let's assume, again, he's going to come back at his best version. And I'm sure Corey would, I think he's even said the same thing. You have to assume he's going to be at his best version. That's a winner's mentality. You always prepare for the best. Yeah. And I think that, man, gun to my head. I love me some TJ Dillashaw back in the day. I know what he did wasn't cool, and we'll see how it plays out. But um, Cranman's going to be so pissed off at me for this. But I got to go with Corey Sanhagen right now just because of the activity, his continued improvement, and the X factor we don't know what we're getting with TJ. I agree with most of that. So I'm going to assume the way that TJ trains that ring, and I'm hoping that ring rust will not be as much of an issue as it would for a lot of people. So you mentioned TJ's footwork. I think he is the best uh, fighter I've ever seen that mixes in his striking to his wrestling, the combination and like flowing from one to the other. And I think that wrestling is where he has Corey's number. So if he can take him down, you know, nullify the reach advantage he, and, you know, wrestle, strike, you know, ground and pound him, I think that's how he gets it done. If this is purely a stand-up fight, I still think TJ can get it, but Corey's younger. He has a big reach advantage. TJ has great footwork, but Corey also has really good footwork, so that might nullify it. So there's room. There's reports that they trained together when uh, at, they were at elevation. And depending on who you ask, I guess, you know, one got more of the victories in those training sessions than the other. So I know that Corey's camp is confident that they're going to win. But I love Corey, but I'm pulling for, for TJ. I, want, I would love a redemption story for him. I think Corey's going to have the belt no matter what at some point down the line. But... Mm. TJ, if he's going to get to the belt, he's, you know, in his mid-30s, I think, at this point. He needs to get this win to get in title contention. So hopefully he gets this win against Corey, and then he gets a title shot right after this. 
That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, it's a great storyline. You know, I'm sure Matt Sarah wouldn't be a big fan of it, but I think most people. <laughs> it always comes off like Matt had a real distaste for cheaters, obviously, and people who cheated. But I always thought there were certain people too, like oh, what's his name, uh, Belfort, that we kind of gave like a pass to, and Anderson Silva, the new gentleman, they're from Brazil. But man, their records are pretty spotty. <laughs> you know, Jail Sun is pretty spotty. We seem to like him, but. Well, we really had a lot of hate for TJ. Whatever, I don't know the whole story, but I'm just saying. With know. TJ's, you know, EPO drug use, it makes sense to me that he would use it to cut weight to get down to that for that 125 fight. And he looked awful, like yeah. awful, awful, like a ghost. So I'm hoping that 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 you know he was truthful about that, and that's the only time he used it because I stand for. TJ real hard. He's one of my favorite fighters, so I just don't yeah. want to believe that he's a cheat, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. I, you know, I'm a big fan of him from the time he upset Hedden Burrell the first time. And, great, uh, great fight. He, great fight. Yeah. What a performance, you know? Both, yeah. both fights. Both fights with Hedden, but... Oh, yeah, he changed Burrell's trajectory. Like, he totally changed oh, yeah. his career. Yeah, Burrell was never the same after that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, TJ was just like, he, he was doing the performances... That we're seeing Sanhagen kind of do almost a little bit now. It's almost a mirror image. So that's kind of why I lean towards Sanhagen a little bit in this. But I don't get me wrong. I love the idea of TJ coming back and them having a great ass fight and TJ pulls it off. And then this leads to TJ getting a shot at the Bantamweight title. And man, the guy was on his, he was close to getting those legacy fights, right? Like jumping divisions, stuff like that. Yep. Maybe should have went featherweight instead of <laughs> flyweight, <Yeah>. bro. Yeah. <laughs> Because when you're that lean to begin with, and I always remember thought, I was like, man, he's a smaller kind of lean bantamweight. I think that's the issue. Like, he's going to have to probably be one of the great bantamweights of all time. Like, I don't see him being the kind of guy who can really jump weight classes because he looks too shrinking down at flyweight and he doesn't see it yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the size factor would be a huge, I think, disadvantage. But, yeah, we'll see what we get when it uh, comes to this weekend. You're picking Dillashaw, and I'm picking Sanhagen. But, obviously, we both think this fight's going to be close. Love um, both guys. Yeah, both are great, both talented, uh, both exciting style fights to watch. For so, sure. So, we'll see how it goes. All right, so that's the Combat Podcast. We pick Stipe as our all-time MMA heavyweight. Get at us. We're sorry. That's how it's going to be. Cleveland. Cleveland rocks. <laughs> All right, we're out. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please, Continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you.